Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who is abroad in New Zealand. What's up, John? How you doing? I uh, just watched the Flyers lose again, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, uh, down two one in the series now. So not not awful, but they have a very interesting brand of uh, of hockey where they You're will done. play <laughs> one of one period is outstanding, and then the two periods they just they just make the game look very difficult. Yep, like across the board. Yeah, it's like really watching, tough. I feel like the Flyers are very similar to the Lions. Even though the, the Flyers have won a Stanley Cup, like in the seventies, yeah, right? the, the Flyers are good. That's the thing. Like as a team, they the seem to have good. They They've they got okay. some juice. Yeah, but they they make the playoffs consistently. The, aren't the Lions usually I mean, like but, last place? But everyone makes the playoffs in hockey, though. No, half the teams yeah, don't. Like, no, but again, but most of them, like within the last twenty years, most of the teams have made the playoffs at some point. There's not a team that hasn't made the playoffs. Even the Maple Leafs that everyone jokes about, like being, you know, haven't won a cup in you know in pretty much forever. Even they make the playoffs. Like they make the playoffs, and the Lions have made the playoffs in the last twenty years. The Flyers are usually pretty close at knocking on the door. I mean, they've made it to a few Stanley Cups in the last twenty years. Yeah, and they get they haven't won them. I don't know how you can compare these guys to the Lions. Like this seems this seems like a very disingenuous. You keep you keep being defensive. (laughs) No, because I I know the Flyers. The the Flyers are great at, at losing. Uh, especially when so it the matters. Lions. The Lions are real great at losing. That, that's their saying when it matters. When it matters. They're the greatest but the at Flyers, losing. the Flyers' brand of playing is like play one awesome period and then just suck the the rest of the game. And like I said, and I think I've told you, like the way that they play their game is they make everything look really difficult. Like you know how you're watching a professional athlete and you think, oh, they make it look so easy. You know, you've definitely heard that before, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, the Flyers are the opposite. Everything is looks really difficult <laughs> when they do it. Like a pass, a shot, uh, you know, just like seeing a puck and picking it up in open ice. They, I saw a play that looked like something straight out of a little league game earlier, like uh, where one of them just straight up tripped over another one of their own teammates. Like that doesn't yeah. happen in professional <laughs> sports. That doesn't happen. Yeah, yes, it did. Sure. Yeah, it did here. But it did. So and, it happen in professional. And sport. another one, open ice, pass from D to D, and for some reason there's another person there, and it ends up in two guys' skates, and they're they're just like skating around this while it's a six on four uh, power play in the last three minutes of the game with an open net like that doesn't happen in professional hockey. Yeah. At least it shouldn't. But with the Flyers, you know, you can you can get a little bit of that you're gonna get a little bit of that weirdness. So I would love for them to keep going just because it would just be the the strangest thing. And what bothers me the most about these games is commentary itself. I have the this is my biggest issue with commentary is that you can have a team play their heart out and just a few bad bounces go the wrong way and then they lose. But it, but the losing team could have dominated that game 80 percent of the time. Sure. And the commentators will always frame it as why the winning team won like they were controlling the game the whole time like do you do you ever get that or is that is that just me that's thinking that way uh, i mean i guess it kind of depends like but yeah like the it, commentating is pretty lazy like you can just very you can just very clearly call what you see and you'd be like but that's not actually what happened so yeah like i've it happens but yeah, it's real easy just to go, oh, well, they just, and I mean, I think basketball is notorious for this, right? Because basketball is known for like, hey, you're up by 30 points in the third quarter and the other team comes back. And then it's just like, oh, these guys have been doing this this wrong all game. And it's like, you weren't saying that when they were up 30. 
Yeah. Like, you didn't say any of that. Yeah. When they, well, when they were talking about this game. So the last game in this series, Flyers went up 3-0 in the first period. They played a beautiful first period in game two. The then best first sucked. period ever. <laughs> exactly. The, some would say it was the best period in, in the history of sports. And you know, a lot of people say it was the best period ever. A lot of people are saying it. it. Yep, that's true. A lot of people are saying it. I've heard it. I've heard from people, some from some folks. Um, but they uh, this this second and third period were absolute garbage. They went up 3-0 and the Islanders forced a an overtime, and then the Flyers won like two minutes into overtime. So Flyers played 33% of a great game, 66% a shitty game. And then they happen to win it because there was a fourth period, thankfully. Uh, and they come out today and the and the commentators just like, yeah, the Flyers really brought it on in game two. It's like, no, they did not. <laughs> they brought it for one third of game one third and two minutes of game two is what they came out with. And then they got really lucky <laughs> for for two periods to, to win that one. So this game was almost exactly the same except they didn't score enough goals in the first period when they were playing well to actually come back and, and make it work. So it sucks, but what can you do? That's the game. Yeah. That's the game. A um, little bit of uh, some food, some food updates for you. Uh, I made pancake French toast this morning, or maybe it's, <laughs> Maybe it's just combining them all together now. It's just, or maybe, or maybe it's French toast pancakes. I don't know what you call it. The point is, I made pancakes, and then I made French toast with those pancakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. Look, you've, you've reached the end this, game. So when are you going to move on to waffles or, or crepes? Crepe. Well, crepes is kind of like uh, pancakes in themselves. So the the diversion is not quite there. Waffles, I could I, I could get down with waffles. You need you need an iron though, right? You I don't have an iron. Yeah. yeah. So you just, yeah, yeah. there's more cost into that. Cost of entry is expensive. I'm pretty sure there's about five waffle irons in my in my mom's house right yeah. now. So get one because and see if you can start making some waffles. Well, what would happen is my mom and grandmother whenever they went down to uh, Atlantic City. Well, there was points where my grandmother would go down to Atlantic City with us and she'd go, well, she'd go down to Ocean City with us and she would go and she had this status at the casino where she was at, where they would give her free shit like every day. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure. And then sometimes she would go and she would get the gifts or we'd go and we'd all get the gifts for multiple people. So my mom was able to get a gift. She was able to get a gift. My grand, my grandfather got a gift. So if they were giving out waffle irons which I'm pretty sure they were, you'd walk away with three waffle irons. Sure. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure there's at least six waffle irons in that house because I know that's been given away at least twice. And I'm pretty sure that three of them were received at those times. So those were probably given away at some point. But at this moment, I believe there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of waffle irons at my, uh, at my avail yeah. should I choose to have them. I don't know. There's something about. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know why I have a different perception of waffles than like a pancake or even French toast at that point. French toast is different. And then pancakes, I think about the recipe. Well, waffles are basically the same thing. Sure. But now you can use some of those great pancake recipes that you've learned and see if they apply to waffles. That's true. That's true. Although the thing today when I made them, I was just kind of winging it. I didn't follow a recipe. 
So I just kind of winged this uh, recipe. So it was it was fine. But I, I find out that um, French toast is a lot easier to make because you can make anything taste good with, um, you know, when it's battered and, and fried in uh, with egg and cinnamon. It's just it's delicious in butter, you know, to bring anything back to life. So here's a tip for you. If you ever make shitty pancakes, French toast them. Because it's a lot harder to screw up. There you go. Pro tip. Yep. A little, little bit of a life hack there for you. It's like, oh, no, you made some shitty pancakes. Aha. You give me five minutes. I'll fix it. <laughs> I'll make them. I'll turn them into, into very okay French toast. <laughs> so anyway, that, that was that. And then, uh, yeah, I think I talked about the my matcha pound cake. That was pretty good. Uh, Arlen texted me with some feedback on our uh, on our candy conversation from last week so that's mm-hmm. that's important and worth reading uh so let me let me tell you what she said so she said personally offended by your chocolate candy commentary okay so we talked about this yes uh last week um we were talking about the comparison i went a little bit into uh, diminishing marginal marginal utility i brought economics into the into the equation to sound smart uh she says peanut m&ms are hands down my favorite candy and all caps. I absolutely do eat them one at a time. Now, if you recall last week, I said, don't trust. I don't trust someone who eats M&Ms one at a time. Now, Arlen brings up a good point. uh, That peanut M&Ms, you can eat one at a time. Yes, it's different. When I said M&Ms, I was most certainly. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I said that. And she said, but I said, I'll bring it up. So here I am bringing it up. And she said, this might become a rabbit hole. There are many strong feelings out there about other kinds of M&Ms. Peanut versus peanut butter. Are pretzel no, M&Ms M&M good, good or gross? Gross. Crispy? I mean, the list no. goes on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The peanut butter M&Ms are delicious. <laughs> those, are, those are great. Yeah. The pe- peanut butter M&Ms are great. And they just feel like they're the they're like the rarest of M&Ms. Yes. How I often feel like do you see will. that red bag? I don't think I've had a peanut uh peanut butter m&m in probably a decade at this point maybe longer because i, I say sell, a decade like a decade in, uh, i haven't looked for them, but again I, it's always funny now because when i say i haven't seen them in a decade and i realized that a decade I was like oh no it's longer than that it's probably 15 20 years <laughs> so it's like yeah it's been a long yeah time. i can't remember the last time i had pe- yeah the common ones are plain and peanut so fair enough arlen i apologize uh i mean i don't really apologize because you you know what i meant all right i meant plain m&ms but fair enough. I, I could eat a single peanut M&M. I also am a psychopath and have eaten peanut M&Ms in a very unusual way where I will eat Probably the chocolate very around, to me. Yes, around, around the peanut and then, and then you'll have the peanuts. That's how you, you eat the peanuts them. Afterwards. That's how you eat them. That's oh, how is that the right way? That's, what, that's the way I always eat them. You chew around I, the chocolate, I, then you eat the peanut, and then you go, go for the next one. It's one at a time. Yeah, as I was a kid, I thought, you know, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is normal. But now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, that's that's psychotic. Yeah, I mean, why probably. Would, why would I do nuts, that? But Just again, it gives, gives yourself a. It's like having crab, right? Like you got to crack the shell. <laughs> it's like that's part of the fun. <laughs> the shell's not edible. Although I did have some soft shell crab when I was down in uh, when I was down in Jersey. Yeah, it's pretty good. Soft shell crab's pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know types of types of peanut. I I have not had. I don't think I've had pretzel M Ms. And if I did, I had it one time. I have. They're gross. It's gross. fine. I didn't. It's gross. I, it didn't. It didn't offend me. Offended me. Don't put pretzels in an M&M monster. <laughs> How do you feel like I'm not a because like I'm not a combos fan. I, I like pretzels, but I don't like when they put other stuff in pretzels. Like well, just combos are different. Combos are like cheese and pretzels, right? Yeah, but I think they could put other stuff in combos. I think you can maybe get a little peanut butter in there as well. 
That's peanut butter. Is there chocolate. no like just straight up? Give me a like a salted a salted chocolate M M&M? and M. No dark chocolate M M&M? and M. I'm sure they exist. Right at this point, you've had to try all of it from an M M&M and M standpoint. Like you'd think because that that would probably be really good, and that that's where I could see the argument for a pretzel. But don't put the whole pretzel. Don't put a pretzel in there. Just put a just give me a little salt. I like I like a salted chocolate. I don't know how you feel about them. Maybe that's why you don't like the salty. M&M, about salted salted chocolate in pretzel. general? Yeah, like salted salts on your sweets. No, it's good. I know you don't like sweets yeah. itself. But, but yeah, I, I, I'm fine with sweets. Not that I don't like them. Is that if you gave me a choice, I'm not picking sweets first. Uh, it's fine. Salted salted car- caramel, caramel. It's fine. It's all good. All right. Fair enough. Well, yeah, that was it for her feedback. Uh, Greg sent me a uh, the commercial of Mounds and Almond Joy. And I guess they advertised them together. It's like this commercial Gross. from the early 90s. Gross. Yeah, it was a really weird commercial. And and the, com- the whole point of the commercial is explaining the difference and why you might want one instead of the other. And, and I watched it one time and I still didn't really understand the, the yeah, difference right. or why they Gross both candy. exist. Yeah, it's a little unusual. And I did watch a video that explained to me what nougat was. It was about a 13 minute video long explaining what nougat is. Hmm. And I, I could not repeat back any of it. But it's it's similar to marshmallow, I guess. I don't know. Check it out, Adam Ragusio. He's got a great YouTube channel. Uh, so yeah, that's it for my uh, my little food adventures. I don't have uh, anything else to really talk about. My the, the the routine is just slowly developing as it's the same thing over and over and over again. What, what about you? Yeah, it's you? rough, anything? man. You guys are going to be in this for a long time. Or not, or we just—I'm telling you—we're just going to go through this thing. It's just going to be through. The best way out it. is through. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to catch it, but you're just going to kind of revert back, and things are just going to be as they were. That's you that's think it. that? Uh, maybe. I don't really know how, because in what scenario do you think see things going back to how they were? Uh, they've already kind of gone back the way they were here. So no, I'm talking about around the world. Well, I mean, I think you give it time. People forget, right? People got short memories. And that's what's happening. And that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, like you'd think that some corporations are actually going to see like a financial benefit from this. I think the money will talk. If money shows that companies were able to run smoothly and people were able to work from home during that, that they're going to stick to that, right? Because at the the end of the day, they just care about money. So I do have some hope that someone looks at it and goes, you know, like, sure, being able to be in an office so I can stare at you is one thing, but you get more work done and I pay you less because you're at home. This is awesome. <laughs> so it's simple economics. <laughs> yeah. Or they, yeah, it's like, because I think for people like Facebook, like they'll let people move wherever they want, but then they'll pay the, they'll change the, how much they get paid based on the location they're, yeah, sure. they're at, you know, if you don't need to have. Two, $200,000 a year in your corporate position at Facebook or something. And they're like, yeah, well, I'm going to go to Montana where it's cheap as shit and $200,000 will let me own a like four mansions. Then they'll probably be like, yeah, we're going to, we're just going to cut that in half. So it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah, I, I see people having short memories. Yeah. But I think that with treatments becoming better and them understanding how it is like a lot of people now who are getting sick, I don't think they're going to the hospital. I think they're told don't go to the hospitals. And yeah, I mean, they're, as they're of, learning more about yeah. the treatments, then things will just 
move on and you'd be like, well, if you get it, here's a, you can recover. And if you're unlucky, like you get the flu, like if the rate of death, this is going to sound morbid, but if the death rate is the same as the flu, then why would you treat this differently than the flu at that point? I mean, I guess you understand how to treat it. Again, I don't know too much about the numbers in the States other than they're high. Are more people catching it, but less people dying? Is that like the general, very broad statement of in the beginning, a lot of people died because we needed ventilators and all these things. And the people that and died, now, a lot of them were, um, sure, you know, but, but at the same time you look at it and it's not just people dying. There are lasting. Yes, absolutely. Respiratory there are lasting res- respiratory here. issues that people are developing. But again, I don't know who they are, but they are. So yeah, cases are going down in the States. But I think the the actual death toll is lower. Like yeah, the so rate at which people, people got it dying, was dropped. Was yeah. not, it didn't spike at the same level that people were dying in like in New York when when we were the center of the And that's just because people didn't really know what to do and you didn't know if it was coat. But now, since like you said, people have generally an idea of what you should do so you don't die, even though you'll still catch it and maybe you'll have some longer lasting health effects. But it's not like you're going to be at a massive risk of dying if you catch it, which is good. But yeah, yes, but every every it. state apparently seems to be trending down. I don't know where they're increasing. Like the places where they're increasing, it's barely increasing. And maybe that's just because of universal mask wearing. So if it's like, yeah, you could do anything indoors as long as you're wearing masks, then have at it. Yeah, you know, open up the movie theaters. Let me see Tenet. <laughs> Yeah, which is getting interesting reviews. Very interesting. Yeah, they're okay. They seem to be, um, what is it, like 80% Rotten Tomatoes? Like it sounds like movie. Like, I don't understand it. <laughs> it's like, you probably got to watch it again to actually understand it. But most people are like, it's it's too hard to understand. 81% Rotten Tomatoes. That's good. I just think it's going to be, uh, it's a, it's probably like a fun, dumb action movie. I think he I just likes making these is, silly bro. movies. Is it fun? I would assume so. I have no idea what it's about, which is probably a good I don't thing. Know. It's about some weird time travel shit. Time moves backwards, I guess, and sometimes yeah. forward. And and John David Washington jumps off a building a couple times. I don't know. And did, uh, the guy from Twilight's in it. it was in the Batman trailer. We could talk about that yeah. thing later. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I but I think I don't know. I think I think we're at the point where things will have to open up. Like, why not at this point? If the cases are going down, everybody wears a mask inside, and I I don't know where you necessarily go from there, but I don't. It, it'll be interesting to see where we are like a year from now. Yep, and I agree. Because I, and I hope a year from now I can actually leave the country for whatever reason. Let me let me just travel. Let me do something. Yeah. I've taken like two days of vacation time this year good because save it up. big vacation take, next year it's all about what what rolls over that's right that's right i'll yeah. take I'll take two months off yeah, uh all right let's go let's jump into some news what do you say got some news here for you some uh some big stories some sad stories and then and you know because we got such a one really sad one in there i got two really weird ones in here so here are your choices as usual we got uh, we got Chadwick Boseman, of course. We know what that one's about, so no reason to dress it up. We got um, oh man, we'll call we'll call this a fugitive story, and uh, we'll talk about weed, man. 
Let's do fugitive or weed fugitive. Let's just go backwards because let's leave Chadwick Boseman to the end. All right, cool. So weed first. Reading from BNN Bloomberg. I don't know what that is, but here we go. Stats can. This is the headline. I don't know what that means either. Legal pot spending beat black market for the first time in Q2. So Canadian Canadian House. Oh, so this is uh, Canada. This is, I believe, this is. Of course, uh, where it is nationally legal, I believe, in Canada. Maybe. Canadian household spending on legal cannabis in the second quarter of the year outpaced the illicit market for the first time, market marking a significant milestone for the licensed pot industry. Statistics Canada say said Friday. Wait a minute. Is that what that means? That's what StatsCan means? Statistics sure. Canada said Friday that Canadian household spending on recreational cannabis reached $648 million in the second quarter of 2020, an increase of 74% from the same period last year. Meanwhile, spending on medical cannabis was flat at $155 million in the second quarter, StatsCan said. Canadian household spending on illicit cannabis fell to a new let New low of $784 million in the second quarter, StatsCan added. Taken together, the legal cannabis market now accounts for 50.5% of all pot-related spending in Canada. So it beat it, but it beat it by 0.5%. Barely. Like, as soon as it went over, everyone yeah, yeah. went nuts. Yeah. Yeah, this is, we're at the inflection point of where things go from mostly non-legit to mostly legit, maybe. Quote, the progress is there and there's more progress to come and quote George Smitherman. That's a fun name. Chief executive officer at the Cannabis Council of Canada told BNN Bloomberg in a phone interview, quote, this is occurring when there's a lot of pressure on dried flower pricing. Okay. It's even more impressive because there's more volume being sold as cannabis is now being sold for very competitive prices. End quote. The milestone comes at a relatively auspicious time for Canadian cannabis sector. While many of the country's licensed producers continue to struggle to become profitable, the country has more than 1,100 1, retailers selling legal pot. Current retail sales. Bleh, here we go. Current retail sales figures suggest that annual market stands at the at around $2.4 billion. StatsCan also released monthly figures Friday for the cannabis industry's contribution to the country's economy. The legal cannabis industry contribu- contributed $5.44 billion to Canada's gross domestic par- product in June, while the illicit market accounted for about $3.89 billion. What do you think? A lot of money. But I mean, this is kind of the point of legalizing it, right? Is that you want thousand percent, thousand percent? This is the point of like again, mm-hmm. in a lot of the laws, I believe, and again, I'm not a partaker, but nope. a lot Neither of the laws I. are sort of very heavily still have people going to their to the illicit market because the laws are high taxes and it's not as you know, like it's still it's more convenient if you are if you've been using cannabis for, you know, before it was legal, you tend to have someone who would supply you with it. And so a lot of people are like, this is more hassle to do this through, you know, legal means. I'll just keep calling up what's his name and he'll bring it over here for me. But the minute that you start making it easier and you start making it very specialized and you start getting, you know, the big money involved, and if you do it correctly, then, yeah, this is what should happen. People should be able to pay for it. They should be okay paying for it. And it should pay tax revenue for your government. Yeah, 100%. There's really no argument to not legalize weed, right? 
like what what is the what is the argument at this point to not legalize it uh to not legalize it is youth use yeah. it's got to be for like oh it just makes it more accessible to kids when it's not you know when it's illicit or sorry when it's not illicit it makes it more access to kids i don't want my kids using like it always goes down to kids probably the it. opposite though there's a paper trail i would think if so it's too. if it's legal and it's and less crime is possible as well. Like if they want to do it, they're going to do it. Might as well do it in a way that is safe if they can or safer right. than having to go through somebody because, you know, how many how many shows and, and you know, criminal records go back to go back to a drug trade. Right. Absolutely. Like this is the solution is always to go legal, especially with the economy, you know, potentially going to shit. This is a really easy way to offset that at least somewhat and just say, all right, flip the switch. Weed is now legal nationwide. Like if Trump wants to have a really big gain in his election numbers, just say, bam, here's an executive order. Weed is legal. Yeah. But again, that's why he hasn't really said anything on that because a bunch of his base would probably disagree with him. Well, I don't think Trump cares one way or the other. That's one of those issues where, Yeah, where Trump is just like, I don't really care. I mean, New Zealand, this is interesting because New Zealand is having a referendum vote in the next election in October about this exact issue. Um, about just recreational legalization? About legalizing it, yeah, because it's not legal here. Um, and At it's all? medical what about use. Medical? It's, not, it's, it's medical it is, but it's super expensive. There's like one company that provides one or two products like it's very very expensive yet the number of kiwis that use weed is something ridiculous it's like 40 percent or something like it's really high like it's it was i read it and i was like really that many people but yeah i mean i guess so it's one of those things where it's like you should legalize it because you'd actually make some money off of this thing like you'd actually be able to like get income um so it's yeah like i the only argument is kids and you know, people who need help, will they get it? I just say, look, if you make alcohol and tobacco legal, you should probably make exactly. this legal too. That, like, that's literally my argument of going, we make alcohol legal, and more people yeah. die from alcohol-related deaths than any other substance, I'm assuming. Yeah. Maybe maybe, sure, yeah. maybe oxycodone, maybe, you know, those types of things. Maybe, but I would even argue that that's not, I would say more people die from alcohol-related deaths than anything else in the world. That would be my, I feel pretty solid throwing that out there without having the information. Yeah, I think that I don't think you can overdose on if you can overdose. on. I mean, based on, you know, general conjecture from most comedians I listen to, I suppose. I don't think you can overdose on weed like it is very difficult to do. What's it called? There's a there's a there's a chart for this. Yeah, the the death, like the amount of uh, the. I'm going to feel real stupid about this. Like someone's screaming at me right now because it's like it's like I want to say it's like the it's like the. Yeah, let me think about it. But there's a way of like you can judge like how much of a substance do you have to take before it basically like shuts down your body? Like what's yeah, the like, what's the amount? Term. And I believe that marijuana is something like 20, 30 pounds of it. Like it's such a ridiculous <laughs> amount. That- ter- term for quantity of a substance to kill you. And the first result is poison. Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's a name for it. Not like what actual- I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say it's like oh, the yeah. half some like there's some like it's something something chart. Um, Deadly level of alcohol. I feel like if I no, that's that's specific. It's like because sodium was one of them, right? Like if you had a certain yes. amount of lethal level of sodium, what was that called? Um, yeah, I don't remember because I used to know the name of this thing because fucking Joe Rogan would talk about this all the time. 
yeah, because because there's a chart for it. There's like a little chart where it shows you like if you take the very smallest amount of fentanyl, it like like it doesn't take much at all. It's like a fingernail amount, like yeah, absolutely, which is why you have a lot I'm of like looking up how to kill people with this stuff. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not looking for that. I'm just this is for science. Uh, it's like a lethal lethal dose. Yeah, but there's like it's like a something something fifty. I think is it. Oh, we got it. Lethal dose fifty. Let's see what that is. Is that what it's LD, called? LD fifty. That's LD50. literally what it is. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So I knew it was something fifty, but I just didn't. LD fifty chart. Let's see here. Yeah. Okay. There's a whole bunch of stuff on this. It's thing. very interesting to look at that, and you're just like, oh, it takes it's like you a like color coded chart here. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So it's LD with a lower with like a lowercase fifty. Like that's the actual scientific. Like right, there's yeah, LD fifty and an LC lowercase. Like spelt out fifty, yeah. Like no, like LD Lower and then fifty, L. like in the corner of. So LD stands for lethal dose. LD fifty is the amount of a material given all at once, which causes death of fifty percent of a group of test animals. The LD fifty is one way to measure the short term poisoning potential, the acute toxicity of a material. LC fifty is the lethal concentration, which refers to the concentration of a chemical in air. But in environmental studies, it can also mean the concentration of chemicals in water. Okay. So it's so, a lethal dose, yeah. So there's LD01, yeah, so there's LD100, um, there's all these different LD charts. So the LD50 is what you tend to judge like overdoses on. Like how much of this substance do you need to take before you've got pretty much a good chance of overdosing? But it says here milligrams slash kilograms. So which one is it? Well, it's all, I mean, I'm guessing it's probably the parts, right? Like it's, yeah, so it's like 50 milligrams to 500 kilograms. Oh, I see. Got it. Yeah, because yeah. water is top, and it's like nine hundred thousand. Yeah. I mean, it's ninety thousand. No, I think it's nine. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so to give 000. you, so to give you like a just a general toxicity rating, there's like a one through six on this specific chart. So like one is like a, like one grain, and six is like a liter. Um, so it's like it's relatively harmless um, if you're like at a level six of a toxicity rating. So that's like you need more than a liter of this substance to like actually get to like an LD of fifty. Um, right so to all right i can't i can't smell marijuana google you're really not even gonna gonna help me out here nope like i gotta write i spelled it right fatal marijuana overdose is not a myth from the drug rehab options oh interesting let's see health is like let's go to the dog it doesn't say just tell me just tell me what it is so Corey. I'm looking at this, right? So I'll give you. So yeah. So look, uh, I've got a giant list of m- median lethal dose, right? So I'm on this Wikipedia page. In water, it's got an LD50 of 90. Um, so that's grams. So that's like the high, like you can't grams. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so if I go down the list and go to something like aspirin, mm-hmm. has a very as is point two, right? So it doesn't take a lot of a lot of aspirin to actually kill you. Um, like it's actually you've got a better chance of overdosing on aspirin at at its LD of two hundred milligrams than you do of ketamine at two hundred twenty nine. Um, if I go down this list, got cocaine, caffeine, nicotine. Is. Like caffeine nicotine is, is highly than- toxic. Yes. Like pure forms of caffeine or pure forms of, of pure forms of nicotine are extremely toxic. Yeah, like fentanyls on this list. So yeah, it's point zero 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 three. So most of the most of the overdoses in the U.S. for heroin is because it's usually laced with fentanyl, and fentanyl is extremely poisonous. 
And it's like pretty much like they put a sprinkle of it in there. And if you put too much, that's where most of your immediate overdoses come from people who use heroin or other types of injected substances. So weed is so looking at the uh, this is a very good source of news here. That is the the Joe Rogan subreddit uh, where Jesus. someone asked from six years ago in the first comment, which has, you know, five points. So that's pretty good. He says the LD50 of weed is around is one to 20, one by 20 says 40,000. So on the chart, that would put it, is that true? 40,000? That puts it in between water and sugar. Yeah, I know. That sounds. Yeah, like, like I'm, I'm on, like, like CBD. Weed's less deadly yeah, than. Yeah, like than looking sugar. at this thing, right? Like I'm looking at this now, and basically. Uh, THC, which is the active ingredient, and is one thousand two hundred seventy milligrams to kilograms. So is, is its LD fifty? Okay, so, so it's that's standardized above, it's, of one point slightly. It's slightly more toxic than vanilla. <laughs> yeah, because right after that is like sodium, um, uh, paracetamol. Then you got ibuprofen, formaldehyde, arsenic. So. THC is less is less toxic at that high of an amount than arsenic, ibuprofen, formaldehyde, um, hydrochloric acid, aspirin, caffeine, sodium nitrate, um, uranium, cocaine. So yeah, like Vitamin it's pretty D low. Is apparently, toxic. Can, Absolutely. Can like again, these these are like the pure forms D? of stuff. Yeah, like the pure God. form of vitamin D is probably extremely toxic. How many of those gummies do I have to eat before? <laughs> before i die like if the real I, crazy thing is if you actually look at this chart right stuff like agent orange is lower than like the venom from a box jellyfish or the venom from a black widow spider or the venom from a poison dart frog um so like the animal toxins like botox is extremely toxic on here so like botox is actually like it's one step before radiation before ionizing radiation um so yeah so if you're shooting your face up with botox you probably have a better chance of dying of overdosing from botox than you do of taking thc no so the point is legalize weed do it you cowards like what are you waiting for get your money get your Pretty money much. like yeah. you know pay for schools and pay for people to actually get help for when they have serious drug problems that's the thing yeah. right like ideally yeah, legalization yes like let people out of jail and hey those people who are taking fentanyl laced heroin make sure that they get help so they're not shooting heroin or like, give them weed should, instead yeah. of heroin how about that yeah i mean it apparently helps people with ptsd like it's like the the science is out there and again i'm not even a user of it but i'm looking at going like why have you banned one thing but not yep. the other there's not really any benefit to alcohol at all really you can sanitize. No, I'm not it. either. Which which surprises a lot of people, especially considering that I'm making you know French toast out of pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. The way that you like to eat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, at this point, I kind of walk through a grocery store like a pothead, be like, "Oh, I can make French toast out of out of pound cake." Let's do it, man. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Fugitive story. Here we go. Reading from the AP. Beefalo on loose for weeks in Connecticut escaped slaughter. Beefalo or a buffalo? Beefalo. Beefalo. Not a typo. Okay. Part of the reason why I'm reading the story is because I never knew that thing even existed. Here we go. Plymouth, Connecticut. An 800 to 900 pound, if you want it in, uh, you know, 
weird math, 360 to 410 kilograms. Wow. Thanks, this, this, is, this is why you're the real news source. Uh, so in this thing, it's a beefalo, remains on the loose in Plymouth, Connecticut, weeks after escapes while being loaded off a truck for slaughter. The beefalo is a cross between a bison and a domestic cattle and escaped from meat processing business on August 3rd, the Hartford Courant reported. By the way, I'm reading this on August 29th, so that's like four weeks' time. Authorities attempted to confront an animal believed to be the beefalo Wednesday near Route 72, but retreated when the animal showed signs he would charge the officers. Yeah, you got like an 800 to 900 pound bull. Yeah, that's a, that's a big, that's a big beefalo bull. <laughs> that's a big beast. In an initial release, pol- police identified the animals as a steer, and then is the and then as the missing beefalo in Friday's release. Plymouth Police spokesperson Captain Edward Benici, Benici admitted that no one has gotten close enough to an, to the animal to confirm. Katie Adkins, owner of Plymouth Meats from where the beefalo escaped, described the animal as, quote, a little wilder than normal cattle. I mean, it's half buffalo. And <laughs> the animal so is believed to be in thick woods and is considered dangerous. That's it. That's the whole story. So the breakdown of the beefalo is it's three eighths bison and five eighths bovine. It sounds delicious. I can put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, lower in fat and cholesterol than a standard beef cattle. Oh, but so is bison, cold. Like yeah. bison is healthier than. Uh... Sure, because there's less fat and more meat. <laughs> yeah. God, these things. How heavy is a big? It's big. Is a cow like how big is a cow? Big, like maybe a couple hundred pounds less, like maybe seven to eight hundred pounds. And a beefalo is obviously nine to a thousand pounds. Shit, no, they can get bigger. Depends on the breed, according to Darren, Sheffield production record specialist, the Holstein associate, whatever. Yeah, the average Holstein cow is about four feet ten inches tall at the shoulders and weighs around one thousand five hundred pounds. That's you if you keep eating French toast like you are. <laughs> it's just on weekends. Yeah, big animals. I did Whoa. get um, sidebar on the French toast thing. I did get uh, Kashi frozen waffles. I was like, oh, only two grams added sugar. All right, let's give these a try. You know what? They taste like it. Okay, back to the cow. You were going to say? <laughs> I, I don't remember. But look, I mean, I think that should be... Right, like if you escape from slaughter, you should be free to go. Yeah, it's not hurting anybody, but it says it's dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous because they're trying it? to catch it. Like that's the problem. It's like dangerous because you're trying to rope it up. I believe that if it, that if animals get out, you should let them roam free. That's the reward. Yeah, they, they won. Pass. They won. But what about how they get out? What if they got out, but they also like killed a man? Well, you can't murder people. I guess. I mean, I guess it depends because, like, these cattle farms aren't very – these beefalo farms, I'm guessing, are uh, not necessarily treating these guys with the best. Well, they're going to kill him at the end of the day. So uh, Yeah. I mean, he knew what was coming, right? He it's the killer. You know? He saw it, and he was like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, he saw what was going on. He saw, he, saw the, he saw a point of escape. He did. He went for it. There was another story I saw about, like, a bunch of buffalo on the loose. Um, like – Let's see. Yeah, this is this is wild. There's like 125 bison roaming south central Nebraska. Uh, oh, good. This is a, this is a story. So I'm going to add in another story here, just as we're we're talking about buffalo, and it's you know two two weeks in a row. 
As of Thursday morning, the Phelps Country Sheriff Office is investigating the possibility of one bison being shot by a resident. This is a, oh my God, wait a minute. Hang on. According to the sheriff, yeah, there was like, uh, I, there was like an article on new, this is awful reporting. They don't even, this is from one, 1011now.com. I guess it's like local Nebraska. Anyway, bison, this is what it says. Headline, bison roaming south central Nebraska. Subheadline, quote, please do not take matters into your own hands, end quote. It yeah. gives you no context. It jumps right in and says, as of Thursday morning, Phelps County Sheriff's Office is investigating the possibility of one bison being shot by resident, and this after a herd got loose Wednesday morning. According to the Sheriff's Department, the owner of the bison has brought in a professional company that specializes in capturing the animals. Phelps Country Sheriff Gene Samuelson asked that residents not take matters into their own hands by shooting or attempting to capture them on their own, but to let the experts make contact with the animals themselves. Quote, we understand there's concerns from farmers or crop damage, but we uh, we ask you, we ask that you let the crop insurance handle any damage that may be caused, end quote, said Sheriff Gene. You think like farmers have insurance for rogue buffalo? Absolutely. Because if oh, it does okay. damage, yeah, of course they Any do. damage. Uh, or if it kills you, right? Like you got to have some insurance because you're dealing with the wild animals. I guess it's at least uh, at and least. Yeah. See, this this is a terrible, terrible website. At least two bison have been killed after being struck by vehicles today on Highway 23 in South Central yeah. Nebraska Wednesday. Samuelson said it will quote likely be days to get them all back. And quote, many of the bison have been returned, but several are still away from the herd. Yeah, there's like uh, I don't know why it doesn't say it, but yeah, there's like 125 buffalo that just that are they're on the loose. Yeah, in southern Nebraska, they got a lot of space to run around, though. I think I think they're fine. Yeah, yeah. They're, I, they're, I mean, again, that used to be their land, right? So yeah, they're just taking it back. Yeah, know? they've got ancestral roots. So let them go. Let them have it. I think that's one of the cases. There's a herd of 125 buffalo. Yeah, at that point, they're let them go. Yep, let them, let, them, let them start their Buffalo Society. Let them procreate. <laughs> up. Let them then, rebuild. Yeah, let them, let them rebuild and then go uh, go hunt them in the wild. It's hunting season. Have some free range natural buffalo. Or this beefalo. Well, good luck to you, beefalo. Now you all know <laughs> what beefalo is. God, Godspeed, beefalo. Indeed. Uh, all right, last story. Here's the heavy stuff. Uh, I got a really long article here from the AP. I'm not going to read it. But uh, last night, got a very sad alert from the AP. They were the first ones to break the news to me. And like a gut punch, it informed me that Chadwick Boseman, the the man who played Black's Panther. Black's Panther? Who's Black's Panther? I said Black Panther. I said Black Panther. You said Black's Panther. (laughs) I slurred. I had a... I slurred there. Apologize. Uh, T'Challa, right? That's the guy's uh, name in there. Chadwick Boseman has passed away. It's a sad day. What were you it doing? is. It's, 43. It's, yeah. Died after a four-year bout with colon cancer, which is nuts because Black, uh, Black Panther came out two years ago. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He's been actively, and again, he's always been a bit of a private person. Mm-hmm. Like you, he wasn't necessarily, you didn't see him doing a bunch of like, I compare him with Michael B. Jordan. Right. And Michael B. Jordan is a bit more out there willing to talk about just, you know, career and life and those things. And Chadwick Boseman's always been a bit more reserved. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could just be because obviously he's been battling this for a long time. 
Um, he was still going to children's hospitals while he was sick. So he was doing all of this stuff and it was very private that he was going through this and he was been in a lot of movies. It's not that he had just done black Panther and disappeared. He was in that five bloods movie that just came out. Yeah. So since um, if he was diagnosed in 2016, then I guess you could just look at the ones that came out in 2017. Right. And sure. beyond. So since 2017, he was in Marshall, which was the only movie he was in in 2017, which I enjoyed. It was good. Uh, he played third good Marshall. He was Black Panther 2018. He was in the Avengers Infinity War in 2018. Avengers Endgame 2019. 21 Bridges 2019. Defy Bloods, which came out this year. And then there's two or three that are. So there's one that's completed. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Don't know what that is. What if, which was, oh, there was like a. There's a what if series that's coming out with Marvel. So I guess he was going to play Black Panther in that. It's supposed to come out. And then there's a movie called Yasuke or Yasuke, if it's a Japanese thing. And that's in uh, that's it. That was in pre-production. So that's probably not going to happen. Uh, yeah, it was Japanese. So Yasuke. Um, yeah, I don't know what this is. So Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Chicago, 1927 recording session. Tensions rise between Ma Rainey, her ambitious horn player and the white management determined oh okay got it yeah because the black bottom was a dance but i don't i didn't know they were making a movie about this which is interesting so huh um yeah, I guess this it's was a, it's a broadway it's a broadway show and it was a film adaptation so i'm looking at this now right so the original 1984 br- original broadway cast there's a 2003 broadway revival that had whoopi goldberg playing ma rainey and in the oh. 2020 film adaptation supposed to be Vi- viola davis um, but look, man, I don't like that's news that you get and you just have to look at it a couple of times to be like, are you, are you sure? Like, really? And then yeah. of course you just kind of see like dead and they don't really explain it because you just, I mean, you think that young, right? You think of, you don't think of natural or, you know, more statistical health problems. You think of, you know, you think of the worst of like, was he killed in a car accident or was it a substance problem? You know, you just think cause he's Freak so young, something. Yeah, yeah. He's just so young. You don't think of someone who's in their early forties. And then you find out he was battling this very privately. Um, yeah, look, I think, and again, he's going to live forever for doing black Panther, like period. Like he will always be black Panther. Now, again, they'll find someone else to play that role because Marvel always does. Right. Marvel doesn't have a problem swapping people out of roles. And I'm sure that Marvel had an idea over the last. It's been a while since they did. They did it with. Um, so the first was Edward Norton. They swapped him out from the whole. Well, no, that he probably wasn't the first, but um, they swapped out Terrence Howard for um, Don Cheadle for Don Cheadle. Yeah, that's probably the biggest one. But yeah, again, like it's just the fact that this, and again, he played so many, like like you said, he played Thurgood Marshall. But before that, I mean, he played Jackie Robinson, he played James Brown. Like he specifically was playing black, he was telling black stories. Like he has consistently taken on roles that are telling the stories of African Americans, which is why he was so, you know, that's why he was such a powerful force because he wasn't just, I mean, look, we all love Denzel and these other guys. And again, Denzel's done the same thing, right? Like you can compare him to Denzel as far as the roles that he took. So that's probably a bad example, but he's not like Sam Jackson, right? Where Sam Jackson for the most part, right? He's an actor. He's very good, but he's not taking these super heavy roles. Um, He's a bit more willing to, you know, pick up some of the weird, crazy stuff where Chadwick Boseman was a serious actor like he was picking up denzel level of roles and that's where he was headed 
his ascent is similar to Denzel, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Where Denzel is, Mal- you know, Malcolm X, Hurricane, he's taking these real sort of, you know, acting type, you know, serious acting type of roles. And Chadwick Boseman was doing the same. Um, but yeah, you just don't expect someone who's in their early 40s to die so so young and at sort of that peak of their career where again like he's he will forever be black panther like that alone completely changed the way that people see superhero movies of saying oh yeah we can tell different stories than just sort of what you're seeing between superman and batman how many times we've made remade those movies with different people um or you know iron man now which you would say you know where you make three four of these movies and you're just like okay whatever and it's like black panther was going to get three four sequels um out of the first one so yeah it's devastating that the fact that this guy is just not here it's pretty pretty shocking so yeah yeah i think it's like you said when you see he died then you're like oh my god and like you said you assume the worst and you see colon cancer you're like what i guess he posted something on instagram and people are like like a couple weeks ago and he was saying and people like wow you're looking like really thin like really great and i didn't even know that video went up yeah, but I, neither I, did I. I did see it and I saw a screenshot and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. He looked like he was in pretty rough shape. Yeah. Well, that and, and yeah, the fact that you just that. learned that he, you just learned that he was married at the same time. Like that's how private he was of like, no one knew who his wife was. They didn't know that he was married to Taylor Simone Ledward until yesterday. Like he was just a private person. Um, and so it's just very clear that he's been battling this for a real long time and that it finally just got to a point. And I'm sure all the stuff that's going on now doesn't really help COVID and hospitals and not really being, again, obviously he's got money and he's able to sort of get the best care that he can, but it does. I mean, this is part of the reason why people are saying, Hey, you know, COVID is a strain on the public, on the health system. Like you need to actually, like when we get rid of this virus, we can help things like this. Because if you're not a Chadwick Boseman, I'm sure there's been plenty of people who have died because of, you know, just the way that our health is going in general. So it's just real sad that 2020 has been a real awful year. Like there's no way to put it. This this is the worst year in my recent memory, just in general for everything, right? Like there's been some good things, but just in general, if you look at this year from the beginning to now, it's just, I mean, Kobe Bryant dying. Right. Like that alone, like there's been multiple people that you're just like, wait, what? That was before COVID even happened. That was before COVID, right? That was like end of January. Like right I mean, I, I got the news as an alert when I was on my way to a mall without a mask. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> everything was normal then. So it's just, yeah, it's yeah. been a really awful year. It just has. Like there's no other way to put around it. And, you know, the best wishes to his family. And look, I mean, people are going to say, oh, well, thinking about movies and stuff now. I bet you that he's good. He's had some say in who gets to play the next Black Panther. Um, I would hope so, because I would hope that he would be able to sort of say, hey, it's OK. You know, please keep this going, because I would believe that he would think that that whole franchise is bigger than just him. It's the whole symbolize of what sort of telling positive African stories is supposed to be. So I don't think that Black Panther is going to keep going. It's bigger than any of the actors in the movie. It's more about you know what the what it symbolizes of like black and african success um that's why black panther is just such a powerful role and he did so well so yeah yeah absolutely yeah and he's uh yeah i think it's um it's probably a pretty good dude if you know he doesn't he didn't speak out like it's very rare that you get that kind of hollywood guy who's just completely private like that yeah 
like you don't see any stories about him. You don't see any of this stuff in the, I, I don't know. I, I've never actually, I never see him on a front page when I'm in a Rite Aid and I see those, uh, you know, those trashy paparazzi mags, right? He's not on the, no. you're not going to see him on the front page of that. So well, it's just real interesting. Cause I mean, look, and I, at the time said with black Panther, right? Like to me, Michael B. Jordan was a star of that movie because he was the one that was out there and promoting and really sort of diving into, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm doing the Hollywood thing. And Chadwick Boseman, sure, he got out there and promote the movie, but he was very private. Like, he wasn't out there doing as much stuff as you would maybe expect him to. The movie kind of spoke for itself. And I think most of the roles that he's taken on have sort of just spoke for themselves. He's not, you know, he's not necessarily out there constantly promoting and doing things. And a lot of that could just be because he was ill, quite frankly. Maybe you would see a different side of him if he wasn't battling this for the last four years, right? That definitely changes your behavior and what's yeah, important. That's to true. You. Of like, hey, what's important? I really enjoy acting, but family and having this private time is more important to me when I know that I might not have long left. Um, so I think your priorities just change when you get a diagnosis like that. You try to fight it, obviously, but you know there's a very real chance that you go, well, maybe I won't be here. So what is really? Maybe I won't take every single role that comes across my door. Maybe I'll take the ones that really matter to me, right? So it's it's interesting. Yeah. Well, nobody will uh, ever wear those suits better than he yep. did in uh, Black Panther. We talked about it before and goddamn, he, he wore those suits. Great. And I said, I just wanted a movie of him just walking around in those suits being, being like James Bond and put in Black Panther universe and shame. We'll, uh, we'll never get that, but it was great. Rest in peace. Absolutely. But yeah, look, I think going forward, it'd be really interesting to see who they pick. Um, for I me, really the want first, to talk about that. Yeah, now. but again, but it, like, it's but, it's it's realistic. Like you get, like they're gonna pick someone, and it'll be real interesting to see what happens because I've I've got thoughts, but it's just yeah. Because again, I think he would again. I think people would agree that Black Panther is like he played such a major role in it, but even he would agree that Black Panther is more than any one person. The idea of this franchise is going to like again. I think he's he's maybe even just like I said had a hand in picking that next person. So. Yeah. Maybe they'll give it to an actual African. Again, I, it's funny because I said the same thing because I'm like, that's the chance where like, sure, right? We want to talk about appropriating. And if we're really pumping up Africa, putting an African in that role, like a native African right now in that role would speak volumes to, you know, it speaks enough to African-Americans as well as Africans. Like, it's, So it's interesting. Marvel's got interesting choices to make. But I think now that's just more important to actually celebrate his life. Um, exactly. and, and the great things that he's done. So hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. Well, that somber note, let's, uh, let's do a little reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. Oh man. Are we going to talk about the convention? You wanted to. So your, your show go for it. There's, there's now again, I, I didn't watch any of the convention. I just saw clips and there's two clips that like, there's two specific groups of people that stood out to me. One, his son and his wife, or his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> the best is yeah. yet to come. Yeah, it's 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 not. These people are and insane. the not crowd stared in in silence. It's it's nuts. And the other group of people I want to talk about were those two people from St. Louis, who were talking about how terrified they were and how the you know the others are coming for everything. You need to be scared after you know. Oh, no, the, the Democratic convention was so gloomy. It wasn't real positive. And then the entire Republican National Convention was, they're coming for all your stuff. You should be terrified. Vote for Donald Trump. He'll protect you. 
which is just like, well, that's the platform. The platform is you should be scared. Donald Trump is here to protect you. Daddy's here to protect you was basically like should have been the tagline for the for the Trump convention because it wasn't even the Republican National Convention. It had nothing to do with their party. It was just praising Trump for four years or for four four days and saying how if basically the weirdest thing about the platform of what they were talking about is that they were saying if Biden gets elected, the suburbs are going to go away. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that's like some really th- there's definitely some racist shit in there in that sentiment because what they're saying is like they are going to come they, into your suburbs them, the others like, are coming to your neighborhood to take yeah, your home they're saying black people like let's just call it what it is right like, well they're saying black they're people and they're about. saying again it depends on where you are right if you're in Chicago or Detroit or I would say parts of the Midwest like Minneapolis and these areas where all this stuff is happening it's black people but if you're talking to people in Arizona you're talking about Hispanic people like it just depends on where right. you are. It's just they. It's the I think others. Don, the Don Jr. or Matt Gates said one of them is inviting MS13 to be next door. Yes, absolutely. That that are MS13 is going to watch. Biden wants MS13 to to watch your kids or whatever they like. Some nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of bizarre. But the the other the weird thing about it was like there's going to be anarchy. There's going to be protests. There's going to be all these other things. There's going to be rioters, looters. It's like, oh, you mean the shit that's happening right now? Absolutely. You're president. Like these things are happening now. You're the guy. He hasn't, he hasn't fixed I'm glad, anything. He's I'm like, glad you're going to be yeah. coming in in a, in a few years to, in a few uh, months to fix this. Cause yeah, man, that guy, that guy now sucks. It's crazy. That's, Cause that's what we have to look forward to. Wow. It's crazy because they're like, Oh, it's the strongest economy in history. If you ignore the last eight months. Right. It's like, wait, what? It's like, we have the strongest economy in history, but it's like, we also it have now China the- and their China virus. Yeah, it's it, dude. It's nuts. It was like a dystopian. Again, like if this is what if this is what Nazi Germany looked like. Wow, there's some idiots over there too. Because I'm just looking at this, being like, how do you actually believe this? Like this is like how do you get empowered by this? Like they're basically telling you you should be terrified. And it's like really, that's who you want as a leader of basically going like, don't worry, I'll save you from the mean others. It's like really, that's the pre- but again, it's gotten worse. We didn't have these people weren't rioting and looting in the streets when Obama was president. There was, uh, yeah, the the people who are digging their heels in are the ones who are still getting behind it. I saw this crazy post. This thing was on Facebook. It was between a friend and I guess some of his friends and this dude who is one guy defending Trump and everybody's going after him. And somebody actually is like, no, you got to define some policy, policy. Some, somebody did. He's like, all right, here's a bunch of policy I like. And then he's like, oh, okay, thanks. It's like, well, what about what about your guy? It's like, can you say anything about him? He's like, I, I can't right now. I'm busy. He's like, okay, got it. Um, but the, the, the only thing that I saw was a bit of Trump talking. And I turned it on usually when the thing is over. And I'm just looking for a recap. I'm like, I don't want to watch three hours of this shit. Uh, I didn't watch any of the dnc either i just didn't want to it's like i i know what i'm voting for i'm not i'm not really the guys you want to be speaking to like my decision's made up my decision is not trump so that's that's pretty straightforward i'm just not going to vote for a for a complete shithead of a person that's kind of where my politics stand at this point so um yeah there's policy on top of that but that's that's kind of like you've already lost me at the individual person uh but he was still talking like he was going for a very long time. Like he kept talking 
on and on and on and on. And so I watched a bit of that. Like I had that on for a, like a few minutes, maybe like 10, 15 minutes. I was like, oh my God, he's still going. And then I just turned it off and went to sleep. But during that time, I said, I, I was thinking, oh, fuck, if he talks like this for the next two months, he wins the election. But he won't. <laughs> But because yeah. what he was saying was all those things that they've that the Republicans have always said in a measured tone that was like very confident, very relaxed, not belligerent. Yeah, the contents were a bunch of bullshit, but the actual sentiment are things that would resonate with those people who he needs to vote for. And it wasn't presented in a way that a crazy person would say it. You know what I mean? And that was the most concerning part about it, where I was like, oh, crap. Fortunately, that's not him. And he's still got another two months to go back to him being himself. But if they maintain that, then that's a problem. That's a problem because everything you say about this guy being a lunatic is knocked down a peg. It's the same thing that when you say Joe Biden is, you know, he's mentally gone and that he delivers a great speech last week, they're like, oh, no, he did the thing that we didn't want him to do. It's kind of the same deal on both sides. And no list of fact-checking is going to change the mind of the people who are still undecided because they are so stupid that they... And yes, I am saying, if you are not, if you are still undecided at this point, you are stupid. I have no problem saying that. Would you disagree with this? Am I being mm-hmm. controversial in saying that? I, again, I yeah, I think if you're if you're on the fence, like again, I understand people who are just going to vote for Trump. Like I, I yeah, exactly. heavily disagree with him, but I get it, right? Like he sold you this, and you believe in it. If, if you're, you're undecided, like in the middle and you don't you're know, not paying you're, attention. you're not paying attention. I agree a thousand percent because either you believe the nonsense that he's saying or you don't. Like to me, it's pretty black and white, and I don't like no pun intended, but like it's pretty black and white of who you should vote for. Um, depending on what you believe in. So if you're in the middle being like, well, I haven't seen enough from either. It's like, you're not like, no, that's not the time to do that. You kind of know. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. If you're, if you're, you're not going to be, if you're in the middle and you haven't decided, you're not going to be reading those fact checking lists. Cause if you had, you would, you would have decided already. Yes. Yeah. So and there's nothing that either of these guys that is going to do in the next three months. That's going to change your mind either next two months really like there's nothing that biden can do to change your mind there's nothing that there's nothing more there's no more damage that trump can do to make you not vote for him like he's done enough (laughs) at this point so yeah i I think that unless the only thing that you could not be decided on at this point which is probably what an undecided voter really is is whether or not you're just showing up or not you're either a republic you're either a republican who is deciding whether or not they even want to vote for trump or you're a or you're a Democrat who's just deciding if they want to show up to vote for Biden. That's it. I I can't imagine an actual person in the middle who can't pick up their mind. And again, I people who just won't be the one who they're all bad. I hate politics. I'm not voting. I'm tired of it. Like those people exist. Yeah. I I mean, I'm not, there are people who the people, the base who will, who literally support Trump and are a Trump fan. They're gone. Like to me, they are, gone to the wind the fact that you can just support that that dude is just beyond any sort of comprehension i have if you support the platform that's one thing and there are those people who who will vote for him despite him and that's one thing 
But if you're actually like, yeah, I, I support this guy. That's why I think anybody who wants to defend Trump now or you want to disparage the other side, if you're going to disparage Biden and you are coming at from a point of I'm voting for Trump, then you have to start with Trump is an asshole, but and then and then present your case. And then I will listen, because if you don't start there, then we can't look at facts at that point. Yeah, because if you're able to disregard how awful of a human being he is, which is like, I guess it's fine. Like, it's how you vote, right? I can't tell you how to vote. Exactly. But if you're willing to ignore that he's just awful and you actually go, but these are the policies that I really care about that with him in power, the party is going to get done. Then, yeah, you can make a good case for that. But right now, every person you talk to about Trump doesn't say that. They don't say that at all. No, they attack Biden for being. Yeah, or you won't be able to get, you won't be able to go to your doctor if you go for Biden. And it's like, what? It's like, you guys never repealed Obamacare. That's still a thing. Like, what are you talking about? Trump is saying he's supporting, he's like, vote for me because I'll protect pre existing conditions. You are actively suing to repeal Obamacare, which will, which protects pre-existing conditions yes like this is what he's saying to these people he's literally lying yes he's just a liar which is the real problem really like that is the issue of he's a liar and it goes beyond traditional political spin because you could spin anything really and that's the thing you watch the democratic convention it's like yeah there's a lot of spin here but that's comes with politics whereas explicitly saying something like that is a lie like they they brought on fact checkers on CNN after Trump's speech. Are they biased? Sure, but their 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 reason was that there was just way more lies in these hours in the hours each night of the RNC versus the DNC. Uh, but I I did not watch anybody. I saw the I saw the highlights from Kimberly Guilfoyle. I don't know why she was talking. I didn't know that being the son of the president's girlfriend was a position that is that validates a uh, a speaking role at these conventions but i guess they were really strapped for people to show up and speak so at that point why not what did you think of what you watched though again it's just a bunch of li- like it's just a bunch of lies and they don't have like it's real interesting that you don't see like the real leaders of the party having long times to speak. At least I didn't hear of like, you know, it was his family. Yeah. It was like family members and it wasn't like the, like the, the DNC. Sure. They had Biden's wife up there and they had, you know, Kamala Harris's, you know, stepkids and her sister, but it wasn't for like these long drawn out speeches about how great their mom or dad or their brother or sister was. It just wasn't. Where this was much more just like, again, it was just praising him for four days. It wasn't talking about the party's policies. It was like, hey, our policies are the same as last time. And it's like, but you've been president for four years. So how is it the same thing as last time? Like, he's pretty much saying America's great now because I'm president. And I would argue a lot of people go, well, you didn't fix any of the issues that you said you were going to fix. So how is America great? America right now is not great. I think even Trump supporters could look at that and say it's not great. If they say America right now is great then, yeah, you're happy with rioting. You're happy with people getting killed. You're happy with, you know, lawlessness, basically. Um, you're happy with the coronavirus. You're happy with the pandemic because that's what's happening on right now in America. And you're saying, well, we're going to keep it this way. Do you really want to keep it this way? That's terrifying. Um, so, yeah, again, it's just it's just dishonesty. And the people, I feel bad for the people that believe it. I just do because I just feel like there's something missing mentally 
um where it's like you're not because again for me look i'm okay i we've talked about on this podcast right i would probably consider myself like very fiscally conservative i don't want big government in my business i choose which state i live in because of jobs because again if i want to live in mississippi and not charge tax and have guns that's my choice if i don't like that i'll go live in new york or california i kind of heavily believe in that where like that's why state government is so important so get the federal government out of my business. I don't want some dude in Washington tell me how to live on the West Coast. Yeah, and take less um, taxes. Like it would be great to not have as absolutely to not lose like a, an enormous chunk of my paycheck. Yeah, and actually make the money I'm supposed to make. Yes. So that's again, but at the same time, I look at what the Republicans also stand for as a party. And I'm like, you guys have just completely missed the plot. Like your core values, I tend to agree in, especially because I tend to be doing pretty well, right? But it's just like you guys have gotten so you've turned this into such fear mongering and you know trying to basically your base now is a bunch of a bunch of poor white people, and it's like that's not what your party was standing for a long time ago. It was about self reliance and small government, and that's not what you're doing now. So yeah, you know, I just the, think the party where they the where they become most tainted for me is the evangelical Puritan bullshit that is just impossible, and and it's just so hypocritical at the same time. It like the fact that their biggest one of their strongest most devout bases to the to the Republicans is the evangelicals and you're supporting a guy who's cheated on two wives and is been married four times for abortions three times, three times, three times. But again, he's, and then he's got this scandal with a, with a porn star. Like, it's just that type of stuff that I'm just like, they're just like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, well, well, if if Biden, well, it's not so much about Trump. It's about the other side. The other side can't win because they'll be even worse. And it's like, wait, what? It's like, how did you double down just on like, you have evangelical preachers, not yes. praising the Republican platform, but praising Trump, Trump himself. Himself, yeah. like if there is no other show of profiteering than that, like that's literally an abandonment of all the beliefs, all the things that you're preaching. It all goes out the window. It's all bullshit. Unless what you're really preaching is profiteering, in which case now now you're doing it. You're you're preaching about a profiteer as you're profiteering. It's a beautiful if thing. More power to you. That's me- capitalism. If someone wanted to tell me that they sold, they literally sold their soul to the devil to win, I'd, I'd agree with you. Like, like they made a deal with the devil to win, and this is that deal. It's like, well, look, Republicans, you can be in charge, but you've got to go blindly into this into this Trump verse, <laughs> and that's what we have. That's what it is. Because the idea of limited government and being anti-gay marriage are completely at odds yeah. with each other. Yeah. Like your position should be do what you want because the government shouldn't get involved. Absolutely. So that how the, do those Republican gel together? Party. It do, it doesn't. And that's why it's sort of like they've lost the the that party's done. As far as history is concerned, that party is dead. Um they might have the next 4 years, they might have a little bit of life, but that party as you know it is no longer it doesn't exist anymore. Which is and why similar, there's a lot of you had to pick a side, right? If you're a Republican, either you realize that this is nonsense and you leave, or you double down and go, "Well, this is what the future of the party is. I can't let those guys win." Yeah, and and look, I'm not I'm not crazy about the liberals either. They're they're annoying as fuck right now. Like they <laughs> they are trying all they can to lose this shit. Like it is insane. It is insane. There's a video from 
I guess it was in Kenosha or wherever that was where the, where the rioting is going on now, like where they're protesting and they're destroying shit as well. Like I know they're separate people, like not all the right, rioters absolutely. are looting, but these two, one sure as hell pops up with the other quite a bit, you know? And maybe it's, it's and it's probably opportunists that are just walking in there looking for that time to jump in and start stealing shit. And they do, but there's a video of this guy who, who owns a store and his window was smashed in. And the guy's like, what are you doing? He's like, this is how you, this is how Trump wins. So you want Trump for another four years. This is how you get it. And he's a hundred percent right. Yep. It's a hundred percent right. People got to stop. But also there's videos about, but now like the, the mask thing has become such a political issue where it's, it's become crazy. There's videos of this woman getting heckled while she's eating outside for not wearing a mask by a big mob of people protesting and giving her shit. Cause she's, she's not wearing a mask. It's like, guys, she's eating and she's outside and it's daylight. The, the facts are clear. If you don't wear a mask outside, it's not actually a big deal. <laughs> like if it's sunny out, you eat the outside, UV light kills kills the virus. Like the, the your, uh, I guess your breath disperses or whatever. Like this is kind of proven at this point. And but you can't walk down the street in New York um, without being fear of without fear of getting heckled by people, and it's insane because walking down the street in daylight without a mask is not really much of a risk at all, especially if there's if you can keep distance from people, which most cases you can. So it's it's just everything becomes entrenched in this political two sides thing and both sides are incredibly annoying but yes, the difference is one side is rallying behind a complete fucking lunatic and crazy policies which come down from the top while the other side is more from the is more being eroded from the bottom up you know like yep. that's the difference and right now there should be one goal and let's and let's start with changing the leadership cuz then if we, because if you got a guy at the top who's not stoking this division, then that could start to bring us together, and that really is all you could want at this point. Because the last four years have done nothing but nope. completely it's, tear us apart. It's, yep, it's torn us apart. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see because I don't even know if they're going to do debates. I don't know what the plan is going forward because normally this, because right there's two and a half months or two months in a couple of weeks or something. So, like, normally this is full on. You've got each network has their debate. They have all these things. I don't know if any of that's going to happen this time. I really don't. Yeah, I I would hope for a debate. You know, you want it. You want it. It's I the best theater. Really and, and to have a debate without a crowd, that would be amazing. Give me a debate without a crowd. Give me a debate yeah. without a crowd and Trump just not being able to feed off anybody. And he just has to deal with whatever anybody's saying and sit with whatever nonsense he said without getting any sort of affirmation from a bunch of lunatics. Yeah. That sounds great. Doesn't that sound great? Yeah, but again, I don't I don't know if you'll get it. Yeah, because he'd probably he say, I'm not going to debate unless there's a crowd. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the point. Like, he needs that. He needs the show. And if he's not going to get the show, he doesn't want to do it. He wants no part in it. Well, they did that yesterday. They had all the, uh, I mean, or during the week when he gave his acceptance speech, there was like a thousand people there. Yeah. So, so hey, good for him. Whatever. Do your thing. We'll see what happens. It's a big shit show. What did the, uh, what did that couple even say, by the way? Well, they were basically just like, you know, we were so terrified 
And this is going to keep, they made us the criminals. And, you know, they, they charged our house and they charged us and we were scared. And if you, if you don't elect uh, Donald Trump, what happened to us can happen to you. And that's what it was. That, and you're just like, wait, what? Like, really? That's, and again, the fact that they basically got shoved out there by this administration to be sort of the, the face of white fear. And it's like, you got to be kidding me. It's like, if that's what white fear is supposed to be, like, nah, man, like, this is ridiculous. So, like, that's basically what they got up there. And again, you would have never seen anything like that in the in the Democratic National Convention. You, just, you saw nothing like that, where they're just like, you know, I'm terrified of Donald Trump. Or, hey, police shot. Like, you didn't see any of that stuff. It was like actually talking about policies and then bringing people on to actually sort of say, hey, here's why these policies are important to me. I'm a I'm a farmer. I'm a nurse. I'm a whatever. But instead, they brought these two kooks out there and just said, I'm scared. And I sat out there with my gun and I was terrified. And if you vote for Joe Biden, it's going to happen to you, too. Yeah. Let's not forget again that Trump is the is already the president. Like, it's crazy that they're basically setting up this campaign as if Joe Biden is president right now. Yeah. It's Again, because they're basically still competing against Obama. That's the problem. They keep bringing up Obama. Like, it's just like, then you have to have all of it and understand that your great economy was because of Obama. Yes. And I mean, he blamed Obama for why he's president. So it's like, you're going to blame Obama for your success, too? Because I'd argue it is because of his success. The reason why the economy is so good or was good. And the reason why it hasn't been good, because this is what the next four years of your presidency looks like, is this, is what we're doing right now. If These, he wins uh, again. The people in the tank, you talk about that couple. I remember, let's let's vaguely refer to these people as a, as a couple in New York who you may or may not know. Uh, well, you definitely know the the wife. Anyway, her, both her and her husband are prominent on Facebook, prominent, uh, Trump supporters. And they're the ones who he talks about shithole countries and they'll post like, Oh, well, which one of these countries should we go to? If they're not shithole countries, somebody tell us we want to go. Uh, anyway, this dude, after that whole video went viral with those guys, with the, with that couple, they, the dude was posting like, all right, I'm going to go, I'm shopping right now for that outfit. And he basically went and bought the outfit that the dude was wearing, the like those khaki pants and the and the polo shirt. Like that's the kind of again. And I, I still that, believe that's the a mind lot of, of these people. Just, I don't understand. Yeah. I think they're just trolls but again, they're, they're trolling. Point, they're trolls. They're trolls who then eventually just get enough support that they keep trolling. Like, look, Diamond and Silk are a perfect example of that to me. They found media fame by being these characters. If you really got them in a private room and really sort of got them without the nonsense in the show, they'd probably agree with most of the stuff that you said. But they have that organization, like that organization that they were in with, uh, you know, all shucky ducky, right? Like, but that's the point is that it's, it's the show. It's because this makes me famous. Agreeing with what everyone else agrees with does nothing for me. Where if he, I get on here and I buy this outfit, people talk about me because that's what they want. They want you to talk about them and they enjoy to argue. And it's like, life's too short to deal with that. Life's too short to be trolling people. It just is. Yeah. Just be good. And if you're good to people, generally speaking, you'll be able to see who the assholes are and who are not. Pretty much. It's not that hard to spot them. Yeah. Anyway. Enough of that shit. Let's, let's move on to a little media therapy. I can't, I, you know, this shit just makes me annoyed. All right, let's start with a little, uh, 
little, little game here. So I got a question for you. Who is older? Paul Rudd or Paul Giamatti? Oh, Paul Rudd doesn't age, though. That's a tough one. Like, you gave me a real tough one because that dude has not aged in 20 years. Two polar opposites, right? Like, one, they, well, they, they both don't age, but the starting point has been very different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think Paul Rudd is, is 52 yet. I'd say maybe he just turned 50 during the Infinity Wars Ant Man stuff. So I'm going to say Paul Rudd is younger than Paul Giamatti. All right. Well, you are correct. Paul Rudd is two years younger yeah. than Paul Giamatti. And I got to say, if you just compare their first thumbnail that shows up on uh, on Google, good God. <laughs> yeah. The Paul Rudd looks is, the same. Uh, he looks the same. Startling. Uh, he, look, he looks great. He looks yeah. great. Yeah. So uh, what do you got? Media therapy wise, what do you what do you got? So not much. Okay. Um, I I did watch the first season of The Boys. Have you heard about this show? It's Amazon. Yeah, Prime it's like show. the uh, it's, like it's like a that violent like superhero yeah. thing. Yeah, like a Marvel. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. okay. It's fine. Um, I wouldn't tell you to watch it or not watch it. I think if you like superheroes, you like it. If you don't, you probably won't. Um, it's like pretty yeah. pretty graphic, right? Yeah, it's pretty graphic. There's lots of sexual things in nature as well. Like it's fine, but it's just like every other sort of premium show, like the shock value. Just eventually, you're just like, yeah, whatever. Like fine. Um, yeah, and again, some of the acting is pretty poor. Uh, but Simon Pegg's in there with an with an American accent, which was interesting to hear. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's in it. I want to say so was uh, accent once before. I, maybe not. Maybe I'm making that. And up. So was the dude from The Sixth Sense, the kid. He's in there with a big chubby face and a beard. Haley Jolson. Yeah, he's in there. Yeah, he's still he's still working. He's still yeah, he's a, again, he's he's got some heft he's to husk, him. Yeah, he's a, he's husky. Yeah, he's, he's a, little, husky, yeah, he's a husky, husky man. With a big beard. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's quite the bear. <laughs> if if you were to qualify him in that in that tense, he's. Uh, I, don't I, I don't know if I would. <laughs> yeah, again, I don't know. He looks. He's a, you know he's got the, he's got the nice thick beard and uh, yeah, he looks like a, he looks like a bass player. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Playing the bass, yeah. slapping the bass. But yeah, but otherwise, Paul Rudd uh, call back there. Yeah, otherwise, haven't been doing much. Uh, doing much media therapy. You've still been playing Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, still playing Ghost of Tsushima. I think I might actually uh, go for the platinum because I've been clearing it out, it's doing fun, all this, right? doing all the side missions, chasing down those uh, those foxes, petting them, and uh, petting the fox, of course. Yep, I I like. I've been doing all the liberation sections of the island to uh, unlock yep. those. Uh, the the thing that will determine whether or not I go for the platinum is whether or not it wants me to find all these flags and Mongolian artifacts. Because if that's yeah. a requirement, yeah, I don't know. Unless you show me where they are, I'm probably not going to do them. Now but, you can put on the outfit that buzzes whenever you're close to something, right? But it <laughs> it doesn't it. That's like not weird enough. sonar that doesn't usually work well enough. So then where do I go? I got to go to all these places where I was before and. Find them. I don't know because there's 50 of those artifacts and the island's pretty big. So that's pretty much but when I, I honestly that's when I stopped because eventually you clear out all the camps and there's not really much for you to fight. Yeah. So then it's literally just like traveling to finding stuff. Um, yeah, because the are, island when you find yeah. the when you clear all the sections like all the uh, camps, it unveils it unveils the island and shows all the question marks. Yes. But while it shows you everything you can get on the map, like. The the shrines, the haikus. I hate doing the haikus, by the way. When I when I when I stumble upon a question sense. mark that's a haiku, I'm just like, all right, 
this is this is this does not need to be. Here. I think like, that will stop you from platinum is doing that stuff because I'm I'm at the point now. No, where that not stuff's fine. Fighting. That stuff's fine because it shows yeah. me where they are. But the Mongolian artifacts are the ones where I'm like, I don't, I you're not in the banners and stuff I, as well. To get I don't the know where they are. I don't know where they're gonna be. So we'll again, see. I, I just think eventually you get to the point where there's nothing to really fight, and then you're just like, I'm not gonna run around and fast travel to all of these things. I'm just not gonna bother doing. Hmm. Yeah, because I that's that's what I was doing. I didn't mind doing that actually. Throw on some podcasts. Yeah, during the game, it's cool to do. But now that I've beat it, I'm just like, uh, you know, okay, yeah, we'll see. But right now, I cleared out the. I'm, I'm powering through the the chapter two story content. The one thing that I've noticed, which I'm like, this is silly, like to the point where it's becoming parody for me, is the side quests, not the ones that you do. Well, somewhat to an extent, the ones that you do with the with the characters that have names. But the nameless characters side quests and the guy on the road side quests, they always are the same in the way that and not even in the same as the objective. Like the game is basically a series of go here, fight that, go back. Okay, the the mission's over. Like it's very repetitive, but it's fun. So that's why it works. You know, if they that the, the thing about Halo, which is like it's 30 seconds and it's just 30 seconds of fun over and over and over again. That's this right. game. Yeah, and absolutely. In the in the instance of these side quests, it's always, oh my god, they took my family. Then you go there, and one of two things will happen: either the family's dead, or the or the family's alive, and then you go back, and the person who gave you the mission's dead. Like those are the only scenarios that happens. None of them have happy endings ever, 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 ever. No, it's amazing. It's like, I'm going to save these people, and then it's like, oh, they're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it, and yeah. I'm going to say eighty percent of the time they're dead. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, my husband went missing. Okay, let's go find the husband. Okay, he's dead. He's dead. Oh Let me go my god, her. my my yeah. my ch- my child. Uh, she was she uh, she ran away. Okay, cool. Child's dead. Um, and you knew the child was dead because you'd never seen a character model of a child in the entire game. So you know they never modeled children. So therefore, you know that you're never going to see a child, but you will see a small body bag. Yes, like a small a small uh, draped uh, yes blanket of clothes of like a little robe. Yeah. Yep. And you will see some very crude toys, which really makes you wonder, did they really understand what fun was back no. in feudal Japan? No. So I don't think they did. No, no fun at all. Just a lot of sadness, yeah. um, which is crazy for a game so beautiful and so fun. It's very sad. It's very sad. That the, the stories are extremely sad and extremely depressing. But again, if you're going to contrast this with The Last of Us 2, which is easy to do as the last major PlayStation exclusive, then... Yeah, this um, this game is just so much more fun, even though the there is probably more dark and upsetting stuff. But because the Last of Us 2 just just makes you feel that dread and there's nothing altruistic about your character is just I think is the only thing that separates this from that, because that game is fun to play. This game is fun to play, but this game, you are actually a good guy, seemingly. I don't know. Maybe you find it at the end. The Mongols are actually great people. (laughs) And that and that guy who they told you to kill, who actually is like most likely probably raped your friend. Maybe he was a good guy. I doubt it. I highly doubt that's going to happen. So most of the time when you're going on and you're like fucking these people up, you're like, yeah, you deserve it. And in most cases, you really feel like they do. So that's Uh, no, it just just switches over. You play as the con for half the game. Oh, shit. (laughs) Well, you know, he he might have some seriously good motivation. I don't know. Maybe maybe he learned some stuff about about Jin and what really his friends the same. are doing. 
Yeah, exactly. You find out that uh, you know, Jin slapped his mom or something. Like whatever. Yeah, he's like, you shouldn't you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have slapped my mom. <laughs> oh, last of us. Yeah. Yeah, but it it's good. I still think overall, I you know, we're we're in August, we're towards the end of August. I played a shit ton of games so far this year. A lot of it from my backlog, so a lot of stuff that didn't actually come out this year. But of the big titles I played, I think that um I think I, st- I think Final Fantasy VII. I, I, it's between that and Ghost of Tsushima, but I think I enjoyed Final Fantasy VII more than Ghost of Tsushima at this point. Like I just really enjoyed that game and all of its crazy bullshit and antics. But I also like that maybe maybe because of the the time, because the the state of the world and the mindset and what your escape is, that felt like the. I, I feel like that kind of fantasy, no pun intended, is like the perfect escape when we were in peak lockdown and you could not leave. Like for a lot of people, it was Animal Crossing. For me, yep. I think Final Fantasy VII was that because it was just completely, the, it was just so impressively done. The world was so cool in how it was realized. And it was just, I feel like it was the right game at the right time. And it was it was just a spectacle to behold. Yeah, so. again, that's Animal Crossing for me and Alice. It was a lot of Animal Crossing, which again we haven't played much of at all. It literally saved lockdown, <laughs> to be honest with you. It just did. Because it's getting to a point where you're especially here in New Zealand where you're locked in your house and you're really not allowed to go anywhere. And it was yeah, Animal Crossing was definitely like, Oh, this gives us a daily thing to do. That you can it was literally like living life <laughs> again, like setting up a community and doing all this. So yeah, yeah. Like it's it's interesting. Um, Looking back at this, the first two games I played this year on console, not including the Switch games I played. But um, so the first two, the I mean, Switch is a console. You know what I mean? Yes. I played Death Stranding, which is a game about post-apocalypse, which is a post-apocalypse where all of humanity is basically living in these shelters and you play as a delivery man because <laughs> because that's like the main goal in this setting because of all the um, the time fall where you can't go outside when it rains. But that's that was the first game I played, which really highlighted the importance of Amazon in the case of a pandemic. And then the next game I played was uh, A Plague Tale Innocence, which was about a plague times <laughs> before a real plague actually showed up to our doorstep. So, yeah, I, I got a... Uh, it was a very interesting start to the year. Who knew that I was just foreshadowing what the what the rest of the year was to become? Uh, when I when I played through those titles, um, nothing else as uh, as poignant as that though. Yeah, but yeah, look if I if I start playing this other game, I can have a bit of a review for you because I might buy it. Spirit Fair. Yes, check it out because I really want to know how. I mean, it looks fantastic. It does, but I just know it's it's probably a lot. Wonder if it'll make you cry. Has any Let's game say- ever made you cry? Any game. Um, has a game ever made me cry? No. No, not a game. Uh, yeah, no, I'm trying to think. Like, no, there's not been a game that's made me cry, really. Um, Transistor had some emotional parts in it. But oh, it games have a lot of emotional parts to it. Yeah, but... I cry. Like, I didn't cry because of... Yeah. Huh. All right, but yeah, Spirit Fair, let's see. Let's see if I tear up. Yeah, you might when that, when that goat goes to the uh, goes to the sky or something like that. I don't know how it yeah, works. Well, you can play this game with two people. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. Look at that. I want 
I want Alice on to review it as well. All right, let's do that then. There you go. All right, cool. Well, with that, let's close this out here. Uh, he's abroad.com. Subscribe, share, review on iTunes. We got five stars on iTunes. Grand's only five reviews. Nobody's written a damn thing. A damn thing. Makes it look like we got a bunch of bots in China reviewing us, which we Ooh. don't. Ooh. I don't think so. I have no idea. Might. I didn't pay them. I don't have that kind of. I mean, we probably could really if we wanted reviews. Here's what I'll say. Don't don't hire a bot farm in China to post a bunch of reviews for he's abroad on iTunes. Don't hire a farm in some other country to just review a bunch of uh, review. He's abroad on iTunes. You could do it yourself, but don't. Well, look, go online, how about, research how about a farm. This? Oh, go ahead. Yes. How about this? If you review mm-hmm. us, I'll give you a dollar. Oh, there you go. John was give me a dollar. What are you going to Venmo them? Yeah, I've been, I'll Venmo you a dollar if you leave a review. Send, send Jason a link to the review and I'll give you a dollar. All right, cool. Wait, is that a New Zealand dollar? A dollar. Okay. It's a dollar. A dollar sure. that you can spend. You can spend a New Zealand dollar, but, you know. All right, fair enough. There you go. And you know what? Tell your friends because if they review it, John will send them, <laughs> them a dollar too. Send them a dollar. Yeah. There you go. Let's try to get to 100 reviews. And with that, this podcast is over. <laughs>